Hello everyone, welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast, your home for everything motocross, supercross, and dirt bike related. I am Steve, joined as always by Jesse. What's up, Jesse? I am just chilling. I just want to give you guys a heads up. We did record this whole thing. Uh, We had about an hour and a half worth of content, and I apologize for the short podcast this time around. We had a technical difficulty, and we are now recording this for the second time, so um, it will be a bit of an abridged version. Um, We'll try to go through as much of our original content as possible, but we'll get to the gist of it. Yeah, and you know, if if you want to talk a little bit more in depth about some of the stuff that we're, we're talking about today, uh, join the conversation on our Facebook in the comments. Um, you know, we're, we're always looking to, to keep the conversation going, going there as well. So if, you know, if there's something that seems like we said something and there's not a whole lot there, feel free to ask us, point it out. And we'll, we'll definitely, definitely talk about it some more. So wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time we upload a new show, check out www.power, the number two, the ground, not, dot com for all of our exclusive web content and uh join the job club so you can get in on some giveaways we still got the early adopters program going um so now would be the time to do that and And a seven day free trial as well that we just opened up this past week that's right so if you're not ready to kind of commit you know the five dollars right now and you want to kind of check out what you get access to in the jug club uh jump on check out the free trial share with your friends let them all uh join in on the fun and let's talk about the sport that we all love. So uh, normally we do broadcast fails to start, but this week um, we feel they deserve some broadcast wins because this was the best broadcast they've had so far this season. Yeah, there was clearly a lot of planning that went into this. Um, there was not as much dead air. Um, Ralph was into it. Um, he was. There was a lot more of Daniel. Daniel was injected into the conversation between Ralph. Yeah, he almost and, became uh, Ricky, like the third, the third man in the booth. Yeah, the way they used him, which I thought uh, created a really, really good dynamic for for the booth booth crew. Um, let me get this out of the way. Uh, just in response to some some feedback we got, uh, and again, I, I love criticism. Uh, we have both of us the utmost respect for Ricky Carmichael. He's the greatest writer of all time. I have the most respect for him as a person as a writer and even as a broadcaster, but nobody is above criticism. Um, We do this criticism because we want the broadcast to be as good as it can be and hold it to a high standard so that casual fans can have a better understanding of what's going on and become more invested in the sport. So when we feel that somebody isn't living up to those standards, I would criticize Ricky if he was still racing and not having a good day. Just like I criticized Tomac and Roxon. You brought up the Michael Jordan comparison. Yep. Yeah, in the, our first recording. In our of this. first recording, is uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan. No, nobody would tell. Nobody, not even the greatest Michael Jordan fan of all time, would criticize you for saying that Michael Jordan isn't the best baseball player of all time. Right. So, and that doesn't mean you don't respect or have you know admiration for for him. So, I uh, just wanted to get that out of the way, man. All all the love to Ricky. Just wanted to see him do better. And you know what? He did better this week. Uh, there was a there was a few times where he had some Ricky moments, but there was no going to be interesting to see. Right. Didn't hear that really at all in the pot in the broadcast yesterday. So um, overall, solid improvement. Um, and hopefully it just continues to get better. And look, we're going to continue to criticize both Ricky and Ralph and Daniel and Will if they, we feel that they deserve it. Uh, Will has really been kind of above criticism so far this <laughs> this season. Um, Daniel really too, honestly, for the yeah, most part. Yeah, Daniel's, Daniel's been, been good. solid. Um, so 
broadcast wins this week. You're not going to hear that from us very much, but we will give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. <laughs> and the credit was due. So there it is. And one of the best parts about how they broke everything down was the track. Um, I enjoyed the track yesterday. You, I think you enjoyed it a little bit more than I did. Uh, it was incredibly dynamic. Um, sand section, split section, some really interesting rhythms. Um, I felt that the way that it was laid out, there was less passing opportunities than I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, and um, actually Tomac did a really good job of breaking that down after the main when he was talking about um, the passing opportunities were really a, a um, symptom of the fact that the track was just really narrow. Um, and the, the biggest passing opportunities were simply in corners rather than anywhere else on the track. And there was really one... One corner when you saw most of the big passes happening, and it was after that that outside rhythm that yep. the two fifties were having trouble with. Um, coming around that one eighty was really where you saw most of the attempted passes. Um, there was other spots too. Sexton made a pass after the sand section in uh, one of the heat races, I think. Yeah, actually in the main, I think too. In the main, which is the the exact same spot that Tomac tried to make the pass on Baggett, and they both ended up going down. Right. So. Um, it was a it was a fun track. It was certainly, and my favorite part about the track was the short, inconsequential whoop section. Yeah, um, we've been really hammering on the terrible, terrible, overly long and deep whoop sections this whole season that have just been taking riders out. Uh, they even mentioned that on the broadcast. Ralph pointed out how short whoop section they've been dealing with some longer ones over the course of the season. So. Um, huge improvement there. So good track. Not I, I, for me, I wouldn't call it great. Um, although I know you said you really liked it. Yeah, it was like top three for me. Yeah. Um, still better than the first two Anaheims. Yeah, no, <laughs> Which, by far. It's 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 not not hard to beat those. Um, so and a track like that played to Ken Roxon's favor. Yeah. Um, and then riders like Ken Roxon who are very technical in nature. Um, they can take those really hard, gnarly rhythm sections and, you know, crazy changes in terrain, uh, tracks breaking down, and you have to be really on your technical game to succeed. Um, riders like Ken Roxon and Chase Sexton and Chase Sexton thrive in those types of environments. And lo and behold, those were your two winners yesterday. Yep. So, um, though, I mean, yeah, Roxon was the best rider, but there were other riders who showed a lot yesterday even yeah. without being technical so we'll get to that so the 250s um so let's just run through yeah. the, the final standings and we'll, uh, go we'll through. kind of talk a little bit about each rider yeah we'll just go through the top three for the the 250s because those were really your relevant players um we had in the number one spot we had chase sexton who like we said is a um He's a solid technical rider who he he clearly took advantage of the track as it started breaking down in the main event. And um, he got caught behind RJ Hampshire for a little while there, um, but he made the move um, with, and ended up leading the um, last 11 laps. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was any doubt that he was going to pass Hampshire. Um, it was just a matter of when. And to Hampshire's credit, he held him off for a decent amount of that race. He, he was almost half the race in first. Um, but, but to me, the way the way that Chase Sexton was riding, there was no doubt that he was going to finish first. No. Um, just He was just the best rider on yep. the, in the 250 class last night, so deservedly got the win. I agree. Yeah, the, uh, the biggest reason RJ, who finished in 
second, by the way, the biggest reason RJ Hampshire um, stayed in first for eight laps was not because he was faster than Chase, um, but it he was just really, really good at um, blocking Sexton when Sexton was trying to make those moves. So, you know, speaking of RJ... On that kind of same note, the one thing I've noticed about Hampshire that uh, has really impressed me is his track awareness. Yes. Um, and this kind of plays into the passes as well. Yep. So he he blocked Sexton through a lot of the track, meaning he was aware of where he was at almost all times and was still able to ride a number one pace. But when the two times he and Maine, when Sexton passed him, he saw them coming and protected himself from aggressive passes he checked up the first one. He looked right at him Yep. and checked up, let him pass. And had he not checked up, he could have gone down. Now he's back in fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever. It was really heads up for him. The way he saw him coming, checked up, was aware. And then same, stayed, stayed right same spot him. on the track too, wasn't it? Same spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the second time chase went again, went in hard, right? I think at this point he got tired of hanging out behind Hampshire right. and he just made the aggressive pass. Hampshire knew it was coming and leaned into him as he they made contact, which kept him up and kept him from getting ridden too high and off the track. Which that's that's just a, it's such a heads up move to me. Um, and the one thing I said that we we talked about again, you know, lost contact. You have to know how to get past as much as you have to know how to pass. And the thing that Hampshire showed yesterday is that he knows how to get past. Because he got passed by Sexton and stayed up on an aggressive pass. And then he got passed by McElrath at one point. And because he was aware of the situation and allowed that pass to happen, um, was able to make a pass back. Yep. And finished in second. Yeah. There's immense amount of growth in a seven-day period. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. He's gotten better every week yep. so far um, to the point where uh, it it's feels he's in the like. Conversation. Yeah. He's in the conversation. He's in the points range for the championship and he's keeping up with these other two guys who we thought might just be the two that ran away with it, but he's injected himself into that conversation. Yep. Then, uh, in the number three spot, we had Shane McElrath who, um, he was the third best rider out there, um, in the main and he, that's where he finished. So that's exactly where he should have been. He didn't look quite as racy, like you said, um, as he has in weeks past, um, he was definitely good enough to stay on the podium, but that was about it. Yeah, there was no... See, I was almost surprised when he passed Hampshire because of the way Hampshire had riding and the way he was riding, and then not surprised when Hampshire passed him right. back. Like It, it felt like a, almost fluky that he made that pass initially. Uh, yeah, he just didn't seem to have the pace, and I, I wonder... The first race of the season, McElrath, it was a faster track, and McElrath just took off. And I wonder if that technical versus speedy track played a part in it, now that I'm thinking about it. I wonder if Sexton, who's very good at the technical stuff, excelled on that track, whereas McElrath, who wants to ride a little bit faster, uh, struggled a little bit with a much more technical track. Yeah, that it's absolutely possible. That would that would surprise me a little bit, just because Shane, Shane McElrath, is, uh, he's a little bit of a taller guy. He's got long legs. Um, and you'd think that it would be the opposite, but yeah, he just, but I agree. He just didn't seem to have the pace. Like he was fast. He rode great. It was a solid ride. He finished third, but he just didn't seem to have the same kind of pace 
that Chase Sexton had, which is weird because leading up to this race, it was the two of them that were just far and away, you know, the faster riders. So yeah. um, still a solid ride for him. Obviously, he's only, you know, five points back now. Yeah. Um, so we still got a really, really good championship race here for the next few and, you know, the best track on the planet coming up next week. So. Absolutely. Daytona, Daytona, Daytona. You're going to hear me say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, in the point standings, we got um, – Coming into this week, we had a shared red number plate. Uh, leaving this week, we have Chase Sexton, who remains in first with 75 points. We have Shane McElrath, who drops to the number two spot with 70 points. And RJ Hampshire, not too far back with 61 points. Um, and you could say we could see any number of things happen at Daytona that could completely shake this up. That RJ could go to number one. <laughs> Well, that's why I, I do want to say that. So the, the interesting thing, if they finish in reverse order right now from where they're, they are in the standing, so Hampshire first, McElrath second, Sexton first, I still have it written down. Yeah. Um, Hampshire would have 87 points, McElrath would have 93, and Sexton would have 96. So you're talking about nine points between one and three and only three points between one and two. Yeah. Um, if Hampshire wins, he can absolutely not only just say, hey, he's still a contender, but say like, you have to start including him in the which one of these riders do you think is going to win it all because right. he's just he's been that good and it looks like he's gotten better and if he continues to get better a win is only around the corner absolutely agreed 250s boom done boom. stamp it yeah moving on moving uh, on let's take a like a quick short break and now when we come back we'll talk about the big the big boys you are good my man <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can put that in there. I don't even care. Hey, guys. Uh, Jesse and I just really wanted to apologize. Um, this is actually the third time we've attempted to record this and um, just really having some difficulty right now. We are going to get this thing fixed. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed at least the first half of this podcast that we're going to be putting up there. Our 450 review and predictions are going to have to wait. Um, we can figure something out. Maybe join the conversation on Facebook with us, and we can kind of talk a little bit about uh, what we thought of the 450 races and some predictions on Facebook. Um, we are going to be actually streaming us watching Daytona this week, my favorite track, as I think I've mentioned several times, uh, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. So if you're not already following us on Facebook, jump over there. Come hang out with us. Watch the races with us. We can uh, make fun of the broadcast together. You guys can make fun of us and, and all of our crazy predictions. Um, so do that. Jump over to Jug Club. We got a preview uh, from Doug of the Daytona track. So you can kind of check out what to expect. You can join the forums, the conversation that way, or you can message us uh, right through the chat on the Power to the Ground website. Um, thanks again for all of your support. We're really sorry. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna make it up to you guys next week with a super awesome awesome Daytona review podcast. Um, and that's it. Hopefully, we'll we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>